Hi, and welcome back to Reflect Forward. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins, and I am so glad you are here today. You know that feeling when you've hit the wall? That feeling of where uh, going to work, it's just so draining. Remember when you used to be excited to get out of bed and now you're just not feeling it? When you used to lean into problem solving, but you kind of just throw your hands up and say, I'm tired of doing this. That is all burnout. And it can sneak up on us. And I think that it has snuck up on a lot of us. And in fact, maybe most of us, um, not everybody is feeling it, but I think a lot of people are feeling burnt out. And it's understandable. These last three years have been crazy. The pandemic has put pressure on people inside of work and outside of work, supply chain issues, the stress of trying to grow with the impending recession that has been impending for, I don't know, like two years now, and the fear and the uncertainty that that creates, the rapid pace of change that we are all being forced to go through, and particularly with no end in sight. I mean, think about what AI is going to do. Like it's dramatically going to change the way we work. And that just brings up so much fear and uncertainty. And the workload that we have is really high. We're all trying to do more with less. And we're in these places where we have remote teams or hybrid teams where people, you know, are being required to come back to work. Some teams are never going back to the office. And man, it just is causing a lot. And I know that I've been feeling it lately. I know my employees have been feeling it lately. And I think that there's maybe a little bit of taboo to talk about it. Like, oh, if we talk about it, that means like we have to do something. We have to acknowledge it. Well, the reality is, is that we do need to acknowledge it because talking about it is the only way to take that first step into addressing burnout and to fixing it. And that's what we're going to talk about today in Reflect Forward, Advice from a CEO. We're going to explore the causes of burnout and the practical steps that you can take if you're experiencing burnout yourself and how you as a leader can lend a helping hand to your employees who are also feeling it. All right. So what causes burnout? Well, it's not something that just happens overnight. It's one of those things that creeps up. It brews slowly and is fueled by a lot of different things. and. Those things include excessive workload, right? We're all trying to do more with less, as I said, and it can feel like you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. Like you have so much responsibility, but an unrealistic time frame to complete it in. And so those deadlines that make you feel like, Ugh, I can't get this done, working overtime and the never ending to-do list, which will always be never ending. It contributes to burnout because we feel like that pressure of no matter what I do, I'm never going to get ahead. And this is very common. I just talked to one of my employees about this when she just said my workload is overwhelming. I have too many projects on my plate. I'm committed to those projects. I know they're going to move the company forward, but the stress is taking its toll. How can I move some of these things off of my plate so that I'm not feeling burnout? I can guarantee you, you have employees in your company that feel this way. And you probably are feeling this way. I know that I feel, feel this way all the time, um, especially when the pressure is high. Like, how do I get this all done? So excessive workload is definitely a major contributor to feeling burnt out. Another reason why people feel burnt out is that they feel like they have a lack of control. If you don't feel like you have any decision-making authority in your work, in your day-to-day, -day, it can be incredibly demoralizing when you're just a doing what you're told to do, it doesn't feel good. 
And the reality is, is that all of us want to be able to influence our work environment. We want to be able to influence what we do on a day-to-day basis. And when we don't have that feeling of autonomy, it can build up and cause that burnout to creep in. And so a lot of times this type of burnout happens when people work for a micromanager um, or when they have a manager who is completely disinterested in their thoughts and their opinions and just told to do their work. Um, That's when people feel like they have a lack of control over their given day. Another major reason why people feel burnt out is that they're not getting recognized enough. They don't get rewarded for the hard work they could do. So imagine you are one of these employees who goes above and beyond all the time, but you don't receive that acknowledgement. You don't receive that support. You don't get an appropriate reward for what you do. And I can feel like, ugh, not good. Why am I working so hard for nothing? And that is also a contributor to burnout. When you feel undervalued or underappreciated, it can just chip away at your motivation to get up every single day and keep a smile on your face and keep showing up in that positive way to move the company forward, to move your team forward, to move your career forward. Quite honestly, it can be exhausting when you are working really hard and no one seems to notice. So that's another one. Another major contributor for burnout is not having work-life balance. And I don't even know if there is such a thing um, or if it's even a worthy goal to work towards to work-life balance. I tend to believe that things ebb and flow. Um, It certainly does in my life where sometimes I have more work and I have to focus on that. And sometimes, you know, I can take more personal time and ease off on the gas pedal a little bit so that I don't feel like I'm just constantly running a sprint. But The reality is is that many people feel like work takes over their life and it's a constant struggle to balance those family events and your personal health and getting time for exercise and being able to just take a break and check out, which is really important for us to do, where people feel like they have to sacrifice their hobbies to be able to meet these deadlines and handle the workload, handle the pressure at work. And that causes a lot of stress on people, especially when they feel like they're neglecting their relationships, relationships with themselves and relationships with those people who are important to them. And people feel really drained and overwhelmed when they don't have that work-life balance. So that's another major contributor to burnout. This next one is, I think, a reason why people experience burnout in the Stone Age We've grown so much and we are changing so rapidly that we've had breakdown in communications amongst departments, whereas it was possible for human glue to hold things together. It's just not possible anymore. And while that is a natural evolution of how businesses grow, it sucks when you're in it in the moment. And this is something that I'm really committed to making sure that we fix because so many things can get fixed if you're just talking about it, if you have proper communication. And when it's ineffective or lacking, it definitely leads to misunderstanding, confusion, and unnecessary stress. When people don't have clear expectations, when they aren't aligned on their priorities or on their goals, lack of information can really make people feel like, what's going on here? And it causes this churn that leads to stress and to burnout. So poor internal communication is a big issue. I think It is an issue in every single organization, and it's one that leaders really need to address. Um, So that way, that's not a reason why people feel burnt out because, man, it's a big deal when there's ineffective communication. 
And then the final cause of burnout, and I definitely know that this exists. It certainly did for me before I moved to Durango and took my role with Stone Age, is that I had a deep lack of job satisfaction and I felt disconnected from my work. I didn't feel like I had a purpose in what I was doing. And it made me not show up as my whole self and it caused me to underperform. And so I just was going through the motions, feeling unchallenged, feeling like it was a mismatch and between like what I wanted to do, what I was good at and what I was supposed to be doing in my job. And it was incredibly demoralizing and um, demotivating to me. And so lack of job satisfaction is a really big deal um, and a really big reason behind burnout, which is totally understandable when you have to go to work every day and do something that you don't like or that you're mediocre at because it isn't aligned with your talents or skills. That really stinks. And um, I experienced firsthand how that has led to burnout. So I, it is absolutely true. So those are kind of the underlying reasons why people feel burnt out at work. And then, of course, there's the whole plethora of personal reasons, right? You take a couple of those in the workplace and then you add it to the pressure of childcare or, you know, living paycheck to paycheck or, you know, a family member with health issues or, you know, the various things that are going on that cause people stress, just the state of our world, right? We have a war going on in Europe. We have inflation that is making everything more expensive. We have a completely toxic political environment that even if you don't pay attention to is still in the air and is still causing people to feel separate and scared. And I don't know, like, you know, there's enemies that are lurking out there and that fear, that constant worry and anxiety also adds to that stress, which causes more burnout at work. So it's a it's a multifaceted problem and it isn't just about the workplace. It's also what's going on in people's lives. But we spend most of our time at work. So we need to figure out how to be able to function in these highly stressful times so that we don't feel burnout, burnt out. So I want to talk a little bit about what you can do as an individual if you're feeling burnt out, and then I'll talk about how leaders can help. So first and foremost, you have to recognize that you're feeling burnt out. Um, and I just recently had this happen. I definitely was experiencing a state of burnout. Part of it was I was traveling a ton away from my family. Um, hard to keep up with emails and all of your things on your to-do list when you're traveling a lot. And there were some crucial conversations that I needed to have that I was avoiding having um, because I was just like, I don't have time to deal with this right now. I don't want to deal with the emotional response that I'm going to get. I don't want to make people mad, right? All those excuses that are building up. And then just dealing with the issues that running a fast growing company brings. And when you're feeling burnt out, like it is hard to motivate yourself to like just lean in and fix those things. And I experienced this just recently while I was on vacation. I was on a long planned girls trip to Bali that got canceled multiple times because of COVID. We finally got to go. Not great timing because of everything going on in my life. But I'm like, I am still going to go because I have been planning this trip for years uh, with this group of friends. And I could not unwind. I was so stressed. I was sitting there thinking about the crucial conversations that I needed to have, thinking about the challenges that we're having at Stone Age and reading the news and getting like completely freaked out about how AI is going to destroy humanity, which, you know, may or not, may not happen. But man, I was just sitting there building up. 
And I talked to my husband about it and he said two things. One, quit reading the news. Why are you on vacation reading the news when it's all negative and stressful and not going to help you relax? And then two, he said, when you come home, you need to just do one thing to ease some of the stress. What's one thing that you can do to make this better? And I really appreciated that advice. And I knew in the moment, the one thing I needed to do is I needed to talk to somebody about it. I had been holding all of this inside, not really wanting to acknowledge the fact that I was feeling burnt out. And so I called up one of my trusted executive management team members, and we were talking through how other people in the company are feeling burnt out and what we needed to do to fix it as a leadership team. And I said, you know, I'm feeling the same way. And here's what I'm feeling burnt out about. And we talked through it for an hour and he shared with me how he was feeling. And I felt so much better. Just acknowledging it made me feel better. It made me feel like I can do this. Of course I can do this. Like I do hard things all the time, but it gave me this perspective. Burnout is real. The stress is real. It's not just about what's going on at work. It's also about how I'm feeling about the world and, and what's going on. And I am feeding myself news because I like to stay up to speed on what's going on. But in reality, all it's doing is just adding to the stress level that I feel, which is causing burnout, which is making me not want to lean into the problems that I need to go solve. So I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to quit reading the news. I've quit before. It's not helping me right now. And I'm going to ask for help. So I reached out to my coach and I told her what was going on. And she's like, absolutely. When you get back, let's talk. And I could actually unwind after that. Unfortunately, it was about seven days into my 10-day vacation before I finally could just like let it all go. And that is not healthy. And I don't want that for anybody. I don't want that for any of my employees. I don't want that for myself. I don't want that for my family. And so I really realized this was real. But I also realized by acknowledging it and talking about it, that I felt a lot better. So that's the number one thing is that you've got to recognize it and you've got to be willing to speak up. The next thing you have to do is prioritize self-care. It's essential for you to take care of yourself outside of work. You need to rejuvenate your mind, body, spirit, soul, whatever makes you feel filled with joy, you need to do that. Whether that's exercise, whether it's some other hobby, whether it's spending time with loved ones, whether it's taking an alone day, you know, reading a book, that is really important. And when we're in a state of burnout, I think we feel like, no, I just have to keep going, going, going. And that's not true. Actually, that's only going to make it worse, which is going to make you perform worse <laughs> in the long run. So taking that time to take care of yourself is really important. Self-care is not selfish, right? Self-care is not a luxury. It's a discipline. You have to make that investment in yourself for your overall happiness. And if that means that you need to take a week off, if you need to go ask for a sabbatical, hey, I need to take a month off so I can get it together so I can stop experiencing burnout, don't be afraid to say that. Ask. If you don't explore being able to take some of that time to prioritize self-care, then you never know. The answer is going to be no. So be willing to have those conversations with your leader. Be willing to explore what that might look like if you need a little bit more time to prioritize self-care. I get a weekly massage and some people might think that that is like overkill, but I will tell you it is the number one thing that helps me manage my stress. It is the number one thing that I do not schedule over because it makes me feel so much better. And so I highly recommend that you find those things that really make you feel better 
and do them so that you can address those issues of feeling burnt out. Another reason why we feel burnt out is that we don't say no enough. And I actually said this to one of my girlfriends uh, in uh, Bali, and we were talking about taking things on. And I was like, I don't know, why don't you just say no? She's like, I can't just say no. I was like, yes, you can. Like, no is a complete sentence. Like, it's okay. You don't have to explain why you're saying no, why you are setting those boundaries. In fact, right now, because of all the things I've got going on, I am saying no to lots of things. I am backing out of several things that it's just like, it's too much and I can't do it. And I'm just going to say no. And that's okay because I need to prioritize my time. I need to make sure that I have the energy to focus on the most important things to me. And all this peripheral stuff just needs to go away. It doesn't mean that it goes away forever, but it just means right now I am not in the space that I can take this stuff on. And so, no, I'm not going to do it. So setting boundaries is okay. And there's appropriate ways to be able to set boundaries, right? If your boss asks you to take on a project, you can say, like, look, I'm really feeling like this workload is too much. It's causing me a lot of stress. I want to help you, but let's talk about how I can prioritize. If taking on this project is the most important thing for the team and the company, then what can come off of my plate? Because I just can't keep saying yes to all of this stuff and do a mediocre job at all of it. That is a real conversation. That is the truth. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Help me prioritize. If, the, if I need to do this as a priority, what can I stop doing so that I don't experience burnout? I don't get overstressed. It's okay. If you need to delegate tasks, right? Lots of leaders are afraid to delegate because they feel like they lose control of the outcome of that particular task. But sometimes you have to be able to say, like, I need some help with this right now. Is there any way that you can take it on? And that is setting a boundary. So being able to ask for support and to delegate effectively is also a way that you can manage your burnout. And I think it's really important to remember that you're not a superhero, right? You don't have to be a superhero. You have to be a human being and human beings ebb and flow in our motivation and in our stress levels and in, in experiencing burnout. And it's not going to last forever as long as you do something about it. So don't try to be a superhero. Don't say yes to everything. Don't feel like you have to take everything on. You can say no. You can set boundaries. You can say, I can't do it right now. I'll look at it later. You can say, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to delegate this. There are lots of ways to be able to to set those boundaries, to make sure that you're protecting your time and your energy a little bit better. Talking about it also really matters. As I described when I acknowledged it, I only acknowledged it through talking about it. And I think that those of us who are afraid to get vulnerable don't want to raise our hands and say that we need help, or we do it when we're past the point of no return, right? When you say, I am so stressed, I'm miserable, I'm thinking about quitting even though I don't want to, right? That means that we have let it built up because we're not seeking support. So talk about it. If you don't have a boss who you can talk about it, use your EAP, right? Talking to a therapist or a counselor can help you get it out on the table and figure out a plan to be able to address it. Figure out some tools to be able to manage your stress a little bit better. Talk to a friend about it, a friend who really can offer good support, not somebody who's just going to commensurate with you, right? But who can say, okay, let's talk about how do you prioritize? Let's role play how you tell your boss, like, 
I can't take on this project. Getting that outside perspective, being able to, to get that guidance or even just to, you know, share that experience with somebody is really important to deal with burnout. Um, so those are some of the things that you can do. And finally, speak up, right? Seeking support from for help is different than speaking up. And one of the things I'm really appreciative of are people on my team when they can say, I need some help. And this has happened recently where a manager within the company said, hey, I need to talk to you about feeling burnt out. And I think a lot of people are feeling it. And it was really brave of her to speak up. And it was so incredibly helpful because it allowed us as the executive management team to go start digging in and figure out what's been going on and, and admit to ourselves that we're all feeling it too, right? If we're all feeling burnout as an executive leadership team, then for sure those managers who report to us also feel that way. And so by her speaking up, it forced us to address it. And it's not an employee's responsibility to force management to address something, right? We as leaders need to be able to recognize it. But sometimes when we're in that state too, it's really helpful to get that feedback. And so those employees who feel that personal responsibility to speak up and make sure that they are being heard, that the executive management team isn't missing something, that's really, really, really important. And I applauded her and it was like, I just... I'm so proud of you for saying what you feel, for being able to speak up, and for also taking a self-leadership approach saying, I want to help fix this. I want to be part of the solution. Here are my ideas on how to fix this. I was so proud of her. It was amazing. And I appreciated the help, right? Because we leaders, we're human beings too, right? We're experiencing all of these things too. And it's so easy to say, I have to be the person to solve all these problems. And while you do have an added responsibility at, with your role, right, it's so helpful when you have people who speak up. So those of you who are experiencing it and who are questioning, like, should I be brave, be courageous, speak up and do it in a way that brings solutions to the table that doesn't point blame, right? That just says, look, there's some problems that are going on here that are causing burnout and let's fix it together. Such a helpful way to be able to address what's going on in your organization. So those are some of the things that I would recommend you do if you are feeling burnt out. Acknowledge it, recognize it and acknowledge it. Prioritize self-care, set boundaries, seek support and speak up. Really important ways. You cannot do something about burnout unless you take action. And action might mean, yes, I have to say something. Action might be, I need to step out for a minute. Um, while I can go and get myself into a better space, but it requires action. Putting your head in the sand and pretending like it doesn't exist does not work. It does not help the situation. It only makes it worse. Okay, so as a leader, what can you do to help your employees who are feeling burnt out? It is your role as a leader to create that positive work environment and to help prevent burnout amongst your team. So here are some of the things that I would encourage you to do. The first thing is encourage open communication, right? You need to foster that environment where employees feel comfortable discussing their challenges, their concerns, their workloads. Just like I gave the example of that manager who spoke up and said, you know, there's some things that are going on here. We need to talk about it, right? That's a really important thing. And if you're not creating that safe space for people to speak up, then they're going to stick their head in the sand. They're going to 
talk about it and be negative about it and um, and cause more stress amongst employees because there isn't that safe environment. So really, really important for you to ask those questions, actively listen to what's going on, implement changes with the help of the people who are saying I'm burnt out, right? You don't need to just fix it for them. In fact, when you just try to fix it for them, you might be fixing the wrong thing. So you really need to make them part of the solution so that it aligns with what they need. And that only comes when you have open communication within your team or company. The second thing is promote work-life balance, right? Lead by example. Right? I try not to work crazy 70, 80 hours a week because I don't want my employees to. I can't say I want you to have work-life balance and then I'm constantly working, right? Even if I am working on weekends, I send emails. I use the schedule email function all the time and send my emails on Monday morning because I don't need my employees to feel like, oh, just because she's working, I need to too. So you need to lead by example. So set boundaries on your own time. Don't send emails at two o'clock in the morning, even if you're awake. I get it. I wake up sometimes in the middle of the night and I can't go back to sleep. And it's better for me rather than laying in bed spinning to just get up and to like work on whatever I am spinning on. But that doesn't mean that you need to send that email or, you know, your suggestions or whatever it is at that time. You can say, nope, I'm not going to do it because I want to be a good role model. You also need to show that it's okay to take breaks, to take a mental health day off, to not work overtime, to make sure that people can take a week off if they need it. You know, consider sabbaticals. I understand that it's costly, but one month is a drop in the bucket over what hopefully is years that an employee is with you. I've given several of my employees a month sabbatical if they need to go deal with things to get their mental health in a better spot. That one month, while yes, it means that we have to spread the workload and that you know we're still paying that salary, man, it makes such a big difference. People come back going like, I am ready to go. They come back more loyal to the company because you help them. Sometimes people need some help getting that work-life balance a little bit more balanced. Sometimes you just need to be open to considering those things for your high-performing employees. It matters. Knowing that people have that support to create a little bit more balance in their life is really important. Another thing that you can do is provide growth opportunities, right? Job satisfaction, we know, is um, a leading cause of people feeling burnt out. And so you want to be able to help them develop the skills that they need to grow in their roles. You want to understand what their talents and strengths are so that you can help them lean into new career opportunities. That's a really important thing. People want to feel challenged. They want to feel passionate about their work. They don't want to be stuck in the same old job if they don't like it. So be willing to invest in your employees, to give them acknowledgement that they are valued and that they matter. I think that that helps a lot. Um, it doesn't mean we're pile up more work on them, right? It's helping them develop those skills. So burnout, while it seems a little bit weird that like more work leads to burnout, that's not necessarily true, right? Sometimes it just means shifting things around so that what's causing the burnout gets off of that person's plate so they are open to be able to gain new skills and feel like they're advancing their careers. So I think that's a really important thing. The most important thing overall, though, is to talk about it. Talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. 
people feel better when they talk. Just like I called up my trusted teammate to say, this is how I'm feeling. I didn't want to, right? I didn't want to put the burden on him or more stress on him, but man, I felt better. And he felt better by me saying it, by me acknowledging it. Talking about it makes things better because if you don't talk about it, it's really hard to take action. So if there's one piece of advice that I can leave you with is talk about it. It's okay to talk about it. Not talking about it does not mean that it does not exist. So be open to showing vulnerability, to having those conversations, to being really helpful um, to your teammates and to your employees who are experiencing a state of stress. I know that burnout seems like it is unavoidable in this fast-paced culture that we have, but it doesn't have to be. If you understand the causes, if you take a proactive approach, if you talk about it, if you create a supportive environment, you can tackle these issues head on. I know it can feel overwhelming, but we are not alone in this, right? I am confident that most companies on this planet have employees who are experiencing burnout. That's okay. It's an issue that we all need to face. But if we do it together, if we take care of ourselves, if we advocate for our needs, we advocate for our employees, we can overcome burnout. We have to foster that healthy workplace and empower employees to be in a situation where they can thrive and prevent burnout from taking a long-term hold. Okay, on to my question of the week. So my question of the week comes from one of my employees and she asks, how can I disagree with my colleagues in a productive way? Such a great question, right? Because we all have different opinions about things. And when you have two very differing opinions on how to solve a problem, it can result in conflict. But it doesn't have to be. In fact, you can use disagreements um, to be able to build a stronger relationship with your teammates. So these were my suggestions. My first suggestion was always assume good intentions. I think most people are coming in with the intent of helping the company, helping the team, helping solve the problem, even if they're coming about it from a different way. And if you believe that there is malintent or that they're trying to win, then you are setting the disagreement up to turn into conflict. So assume good intentions. They have the best interests of the company and the team in mind. And that's okay. Even if I don't agree with their ideas or their comments, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to hear them out. The second thing is look for solutions, right? It doesn't have to be black or white, your way or their way. The best way to avoid conflict and to build a relationship is to look for a win-win. How can we both maybe give a little bit to come up with a great solution? This just happened to me recently where one of my fellow employee owners was pushing an idea that I did not agree with. And um, instead of just shutting it down and saying no, I said, well, let's have a conversation and talk about it. And we came up with a great solution where his idea, what he was trying to promote, we could do. But my concerns with how we were doing it, the approach, were also taken into consideration. We went forward, implemented the solution, and it worked really, really well. It was a win-win. We both gave a little bit. We both looked for that moderate ground because we listened to each other. I understand you're feeling this way. You understand you're feeling this way. What if we do it like this? And so looking for that solution helps people compromise and people love it when you incorporate their suggestions and the ideas in that outcome. And it's a really great way to be able to build that relationship while still being able to disagree on certain aspects of the idea. The next thing is pick your battles. Sometimes 
people just want to win because they want to win. And that doesn't always work, right? You don't always have to be right. You don't always have to win. Sometimes letting people do it their way is the best solution. You might learn something from it. So look for those opportunities to say, you know what? I don't necessarily agree with it, but that's okay. Let's, let's try it and see what happens. And then support that, right? Don't silently sabotage them behind their back, right? That will lead to conflict. That will not build the relationship. But if you pick your battles wisely, then you'll have more goodwill when there's something that you're really passionate about, when that idea really matters, that you can move forward with that. The next suggestion is to pick your battles, right? You don't have to always win. You don't always have to be right. Look for opportunities to let people have their ways and then support their effort instead of silently sabotage it because you didn't get your way, right? There are some things that are going to be really meaningful and passionate that you believe in that you're going to be less willing to compromise and those where it's not, where it's like, you know what? It doesn't really matter. It's not that big of a deal. It's the, the outcome, the consequences are not that significant. It's okay to go ahead and say, let's try it your way. Pick your battles. The next thing is to always look for a way to learn. You don't know that you're right. You don't know that your idea is going to work. You might just be really stuck in something and it might not be true. And so if you say, I'm going to look at this disagreement as a way to, to understand, to, to test my idea, to gain more information, you might see that your way isn't the best way. And even if you just ultimately decide to go um, in the direction you want to go in this disagreement, you are going to be more open to other possibilities. So always, always use it as a learning opportunity. And then finally, never, ever, ever let a disagreement get personal. Ask questions, debate ideas, disagree on policy, but never make it personal. Doing so shuts people down. When people feel attacked, it damages relationships. So how do you know if you're making it personal? Well, you're saying you're doing this. You should do this. You didn't do this, right? Using those you words are a really fast way to know that you are getting personal. When you are trying to win the debate at all costs, you're going to make it personal. When you are resort to name calling or using triggering language, you are trying to win at all costs and you are making it personal. If you attack the person or the, even the idea, you're making it personal. So don't do these things, right? Debate the idea. That's fine. Disagree on the policy. Disagree on the process. Ask those questions to make sure you understand, but never make it personal. All right. So hopefully those tips helped you, um, both dealing with burnout and how to disagree with a colleague in a productive way. Um, and that's it for today. So thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Reflect Forward. If you like this podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend, subscribe to it, write a review. It helps with the algorithms. Be sure to sign up for my YouTube channel and be on the lookout. My book is going to launch October 17th. There's going to be all kinds of fun things that we're going to do up until that event. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. So be sure to follow me on LinkedIn, on Instagram and on YouTube to get the latest information on the ownership mindset. Thanks so much. See you next week.